It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Did the Green Bay Packers take a receiver with two picks in the first round? No. No, they didn't. So who did they pick? It looks like it's the Georgia D that's going to be carrying the G. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. It was a bizarre first round for the Green Bay Packers for me because Green Bay did two things they almost never do. Two things I said, essentially, unequivocally, they would not do. They took an off-ball linebacker with the 22nd pick and they took an interior defensive lineman with the 28th pick. Not that that is that atypical, But Devontae Wyatt, who is the player in question, is 24 years old. That is extremely atypical for the Green Bay Packers. Now, both guys are outstanding athletes, both with relative athletic scores over nine. They come from a pedigreed program with Georgia. And let's get the receiver part of this off the bat. When the board fell the way that it did, when Traylon Burks went 18th because the Tennessee Titans, by the way, holy crap, the Tennessee Titans traded A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles to then draft the guy who I had compared to A.J. Brown but is not nearly as good right now as A.J. Brown. You knew that things were going to get particularly crazy for the Packers at receiver. So they had a decision to make at 22. And that was, do you want to reach for a receiver? Now, I would have been fine with George Pickens at 22. I would have been fine with George Pickens at 28. To me, they picked the wrong Georgia Bulldog. But that is beside the point. This team clearly did not value those guys in those spots. And I think they see... The depth on day two at receiver, the Jalen Tolberts, the Alec Pierces, the Khalil Shakirs, the the Taekwon Thorntons, and they're ready to just say this is, a at least for the short run, a defensive team. You expect Aaron Rodgers to make some magic, run the football, and, and that's your team. Now, we need to wait and see what else is done before we, I think, totally crucify this team for what happened, but... From purely a process standpoint, because you don't know what else is going to happen, when it's going to happen. Taking an off-ball linebacker to me at 22, when you could have taken Jermaine Johnson, a pass rusher that I was not super high on, but was a premium position. They could have taken George Karloftis, who was a pass rusher, plays a premium position. They could have taken Travis Jones, a guy that I think 
is the best interior defensive tackle in this class. And they did neither of those. They took a stack linebacker, someone who, even if he's really, really, really good, is probably only going to play 60% at the absolute top and most percent of snaps. And guess what? We're going to break down the prospects in, in a little bit, but he didn't even play 60% of snaps at Georgia. He was in a platoon with Channing Tindall next to N'Kobe Dean, who did, by the way, play almost every snap for Georgia's defense. So this is pure projection. And then with Devontae Wyatt, you come back and you get a player who is, again, old. He is a gap shooter. Now, he's exactly the kind of player that Jerry Montgomery said the Packers wanted to get. We talked about this with MK Burgess. When we heard from these coaches, they will telegraph a little bit what they're looking for. And we thought, they said they wanted a guy who on third down can quickly get to the quarterback. That is what Devontae Wyatt does. That is his superpower. He is an outstanding athlete. This is a guy who, he ran a sub 11 second 100 meter dash in high school. The guy is 300 pounds. Now he was not 300 pounds when he ran that track speed time. But that's the kind of athlete we're talking about even at an advanced age of 24. He also has character concerns. There's been multiple issues with domestic violence. There was the arrest. I mean, this is this is a guy who's not super clean. Now they had him in. They obviously feel comfortable with the person that he is, that he had reasonable explanations for whatever. I mean, I don't want to speculate there, but it's an ugly situation. It's not ideal. And I know that there are going to be some fans who get mad at me for even bringing that up, but that's part of the calculation here. To, to have quality people in your locker room, to have people who are going to be a boon to your community, they carry the G. I mean, that's the that's the the graphic I put on the video. George's D carries the G. Well, are they going to? Is is this someone that you want representing your franchise as a first round pick? The Packers ultimately decided that that's what they wanted to do. Now, the flip side of this is you bolster a defense. That is already adding Jerron Reed. You're bringing back Jair Alexander. You're bringing back Russell Douglas. You have Kenny Clark coming back. Devondre Campbell is re-signed. You have the best or one of the best safety duos in football. And you've got Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith on the outside. You can make the case that if Devontae Wyatt is good. So let's just say the Packers rated Devontae Wyatt the same way I rated Travis Jones. Not how I have the players, but let's just say that's how they have them rated. I thought Travis Jones was absolutely worthy of the 22nd, much less the 28th overall pick. So if they had Devontae Wyatt rated that way, then in my opinion, you can justify the selection. Devontae Wyatt was a more or less consensus first round talent. It was this domestic violence issue that was keeping him from being a lock to be a first round pick. Now, that that is going to your mileage is going to vary on how much you buy that explanation in terms of, oh, it's behind him, all the, all the kind of thing. What could he say? Because, I mean, at a certain point, it's like, OK, there was an arrest. There's multiple issues. You have to try and parse what, what really went on. These are these are very thorny situations. And you hope that the Packers did all the diligence that they needed to do to feel comfortable. And this wasn't a, an off the cuff decision. I don't think that it was. But you you need, beyond this year, John Reed probably not going to be on this team. Dean Lowry probably not going to be on this team. 
You have TJ Slayton, but he's a nose, really only. And now you have a guy in Devontae White who can play next to Kenny Clark. He can play three. He can he can slide down and be a nose tackle in, in sub package and, and rush the passer against centers who can shoot gaps in the run game. He can be a long-term starter, like legit starter, 60-70% of snaps. So from, from the, the perspective of the thing that I talk about all the time, right, is the, the guy who is going to maximally impact your team over the course of their rookie contract, if you feel like he's going to come in and be that, that stone wall with Kenny Clark and give you pass rush on third down, then you can understand the pick. And I know Devontae Wyatt was a guy that a lot of Packer fans wanted in the first round. It was just not someone that I thought was worth that pick. The Quay Walker one is, is somewhat similar in that I, I guess... I guess the way that you can spin this is, well, what the Packers would like to do is they would like to play that third safety less because they don't have a good one. Henry Black is not it. Vernon Scott, clearly not it. So what they'd like to do is play a more static personnel group. That two defensive linemen, two edge guys, and two linebackers that give you range, that give you size, that can play the run and can play in coverage. That is what the upside is for someone like Quay Walker. He's just not there yet. So from from the Packers standpoint, you have to think tomorrow is going to be an all-offense type of day where they take a receiver, a tight end, and an offensive lineman or something like that because right now, you, you're not better last year offensively or compared to last year offensively. You're just not. And so for the Packers, now when you start to do those calculations of who is the player who's going to maximally impact your team, the defensive guys, there, there's no more positions where that's true. Even, even like on the far end of true. It's just not. It's going to be offensive guys. Can you get another offensive lineman that can come in and compete at guard or be a long-term tackle solution? Where can you find the pass catchers? Can you get one at 53 and 59? Can you move up? Can you package 53 and 92 to move up and get a George Pickens or a Christian Watson or a Jalen Tolbert or a John Mechie? There's a lot of guys that are going to appeal to the Packers tomorrow, but how do you guarantee that you get one of them? The reality is you just can't. All right, we're going to break down the players individually when we come back. But before we do, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Shopping for jewelry can be a hassle. And if you don't know the details, if you're not a refined buyer, it can be overwhelming. I know this as someone who has bought a lot of jewelry from my mom and my wife and had to go through the process of buying an engagement ring. It can be complicated. Well, Blue Nile provides resources for you to find the best thing for you. And with Mother's Day approaching, there's pendants, diamond tennis bracelets. It's not just engagement rings, diamond earrings. There's precious gemstones. Blue Nile has all of it there for you in an easy way. And you know you're getting high quality. They have independently certified gems that allow you to buy with confidence. Plus, almost anything on their site, they can overnight to you. Everything ships free overnight, you know, it, where they can, they will send it to you in, in if possible. And right now, just for being a Locked On Packers listener, you can get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code Locked On. That's Locked On. Plus, remember, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. We went live tonight. We're going live right now on YouTube. We did our Locked On NFL draft show. I hosted it. We had a blast. Go back and find it on YouTube. If you want to see my reactions, my pained reactions to a lot of what was going on, we're going to be around on Friday night as well for rounds two and three and Saturday, of course, for the rest of the draft. It's all there for you on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. So let's break down the players. I, I, I Luckily, I had an inkling I, I, in fact, I, I, I went for a run this morning at our hotel here in Dallas where we're shooting the show and I came back and I had texts and messages about linebacker. Linebacker is the thing. Linebacker is in play. And I went, oh, I got to watch some of these, these, these fringe linebackers. N'Kobe Dean and Devin Lloyd were guys that I had, I had done preliminary work on, but then Quay Walker, he could be the first linebacker off the board. And, and that becomes something that you have to, you have to look at. And so I went in, I, I watched the tape and I'm going to be honest, I, the, the Quay Walker tape, I didn't, I didn't find it to be particularly impressive. Now the athletic numbers stand out. He's not even 22 yet. So that's a big thing. In 9.63 RAS, he's got incredibly long arms. He is almost a carbon copy of Devondre Campbell, 6'4", 241, and he's a pterodactyl, 96th percentile wingspan. He he runs in, in the low 4.5s, 95th percentile speed score, 77th percentile agility score, but he's just really one year of being an every down player, which means he's still figuring it out. Now, on an absolutely loaded defense, N'Kobe Dean is going to be a pick tomorrow. Channing Tindall is going to be a pick tomorrow. And the one thing that he does extremely well is tackle. He tackles well. And that was that was a hallmark of this team last year. They tackled a 90.6 tackling grade by Pro Football Focus. One thing that, that did stand out to me that I really liked, he has good spatial awareness even when his eyes are to the quarterback. He can feel when a receiver comes into his area or a running back or a tight end is going to cross his face. But most of the plays that he makes right now are things like blitzes. You could go, I wrote this in my notes, you could go whole quarters and not write anything about him. And that's just, that's the problem. That That's the problem right now. He's really athletic Testing-wise, he doesn't look athletic on the field all the time. It's flashes. And so you're, okay, is that experience? Is that diagnosing? Or is that what he was asked to do at Georgia? Was that a function of the talent around him? This is what I wrote in in the full write-up. I said, Quay Walker is an idea. Take the athletic tools, the speed, the long arm, the downhill burst, and make him something. That's scary to me at linebacker. If you're going to play him at Sam or Will, that's okay, but he's not a Mike. And I'm not really sure where his best spot is in the NFL. I'm not sure what his elite traits are. He's a non-premium position player who is all tools. I just don't get the appeal. I will read that again. I just don't get the appeal. He's a splash play blitzer and gap shooter right now who struggles in coverage and isn't an explosive sideline to sideline as his testing numbers indicate. This is a dart throw late on day two or early on day three. 
I'll just let that settle in for a second. That is not the kind of guy that you take at 22 overall. But that being said, I'm in the minority. And so I understand that. We have the we have the locked on NFL draft board behind me here in, in the studio. And Quay Walker, you count the names up here. I mean, he's he's just in that tier, that borderline first, second kind of guy. Well, that's who you that's who you have to take. There were there was a report that there are teams in this draft that only have 10 or 12 or 15 first round grades in this draft. And so you're, if you're sitting there at 22 and you have a borderline first, second grade on someone, there's probably 15 guys for whom that's true. And if you get a, one team might have him at 24, one team might have him at 44. I had Quay Walker more like 100. But I can, I can understand. I'm not going to say I agree. But I can understand saying this is the traits. We're going to bet on the traits and we're going to bet on Joe Barry who turned Devondre Campbell loose. And remember the anecdote that Devondre Campbell had after he got that contract, what he said was, when I came to Green Bay, I told them, don't pigeonhole me. Let me do, don't don't even give me a position designation. Let me do the things that I do best. And guess what? He had an all-pro season. They unlocked everything that he does. If the goal here is to just have two pterodactyls at linebacker who can cover ground and eat up space and pass off crossing routes and blitz and and play small, so we're always playing with Jair, Rasul, and and Stokes on the field in that nickel, that 4-2 nickel look, that's beautiful. If that's the platonic ideal, and if they're playing 60-70% of snaps, you you rarely go to dime, which the Packers did far less under Joe Barry than they did under Mike Patton. Then this guy becomes a frontline starter. Now, is he a premium position player? No, just not. They just paid Devondre Campbell $50 million. So I I I don't get it. I don't get I, I, I don't get the player. I get the premise. I get I understand the fit, but I don't agree with the value in the spot. What about Devontae Wyatt? Devontae Wyatt, I, I, I went through some of the, the issues. 63304 and his athletic measurables are off the charts. He Ryan Tracy at Lockdown NFL Draft does um this thing called the Athletic Matrix where he runs through size and and the, the athletic measurables and and adjusts for for a number of different variables. He said Devontae Wyatt was the most athletic defensive tackle to come through his his matrix in the draft in the last 5 years. So that's what you're getting and if you're going to bet the argument for betting on an old, it's gonna be 25 as a rookie. If you the argument for that is athleticism. If they're still very athletic, then you can then you I think you can justify more, more. I don't think you can justify, justify more taking an older player. I'm still very surprised that it happened. Again, not what I would have done, but I see the theory. Take the super athletic interior penetrator. Jerry Montgomery said, we want a guy on third down who can win quickly and create pressure because this is this is the problem in the modern NFL with edge rushers. If the ball's coming out hot, if it's coming out quick, the edge rusher doesn't have time to get home. It is much more difficult to do that when you have an interior rusher winning quickly. Interior pass rush is the biggest 
plays, pass rush impacts a quarterback. We have studied this. It is a thing. It's just very rare to find an interior pass rusher that can affect the game consistently. There are questions with Devontae Wyatt. How much of his production was was getting single blocked because Jordan Davis was eating two on a regular basis or playing with a guy who is a potential number one overall pick in a season, not even draft eligible, playing with Trevon Walker. Now he's going to play with some really good players in Green Bay. So if, if you're making that case, you go, okay, well, he's at least going to a position where he can succeed. He has some really good lateral agility to get into twists and stunts with burst. He, he can he played one, three, and five tech at Georgia, and he is explosive off the line of scrimmage. He has good ball awareness, and I think he dropped some weight to run fast at the combine. But there are times when when he really uh, looked explosive. He wants to shoot gaps and get up upfield. I still think he he needs a lot of work on his technique. So this is this is going to seem like. I'm just like being negative to be negative, but this is what I wrote weeks ago on Devontae Wyatt. I don't really see it with Wyatt. <laughs> he turns out to be good. Clip this, but I'm, this is just what I see, okay? There are some plays where he jumps the snap and bull rushes the daylights out of an unsuspecting guard. By the way, the highlights are really nice. But he rarely uses his hands to win reps and isn't much of a pass rush guy beyond effort. He's already an older player with short arms and a stocky build. Yeah, 32nd percentile arm length. And I don't see the upside here with him. He's a one-gap penetrating type who you hope can become Sharif Floyd. But even that is a stretch for a player with plenty of physical limitations, even if straight-line athleticism isn't one of them. He can be a rotational interior defensive lineman, but the combination of his position not being that valuable and his ceiling as a pass rusher being somewhat limited, it's hard to justify spending a top 100 pick on him for me late third early fourth round grade. The Packers in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft took two players that I thought were borderline day two prospects. Borderline day two prospects. Now, for all the people that want to say, thank God that I'm not the GM of the Green Bay Packers. I totally agree. Thank God. Because I would not want to be the ones having to make these decisions. When the receiver board fell the way that it did, I would have been happy to say, Daxton Hill, come on down. Lewis Seen, come on down. There are a lot of other players that I would have said, hey, this makes a lot of sense. Those are not the guys that the Green Bay Packers ultimately went with. I can't, I can't sit here and say that I understand it. And and so we'll we'll see uh, what what else happens if tomorrow they go out and they trade a second round pick for Darren Waller. We'll probably feel a lot differently. The Packers don't seem stressed. The Packers are chilling, and that's what that's what is so interesting about all this because it's just like, what do they know that we don't? What do they do? They know Tyler Lockett is going to be a June one release, and that he wants to come to Green Bay. Do they know that they can get uh, some some quality receiver for a second round pick? Like, what do they know that we don't? This is, it's all very, very weird. Or they're just, Aaron Rodgers is cool. They've got Aaron Rodgers on the contract. They think he can lift this team up. And they think if they play badass defense, that that allows them to compete. And and you watch the 49ers. That's what they did. Now, they had Debo Samuel. They had George Kittle. They had plenty of playmakers. But that, that team was carried by its defense and a limited quarterback. The Packers don't have a limited quarterback, but they do have an MFR at, at, uh, on defense. At edge, 
safeties, linebackers. They've got linebackers now. And those linebackers create a lot of problems for the Green Bay Packers. And maybe this is a little bit of recency bias. Like, hey, these, this team that has these guys just created a lot of problems for us. So we're going to go ahead and grab some of those guys so we can create those same problems for other people. This defense has a chance to be the best that the Packers have had in a long time. I mean, they do. That's the, that's the positive spin here if you want to spin it. And by the way, I again, I, I understand and appreciate I'm an outlier on both of these players. It just so happens the Packers took two players that I am way lower on than consensus. Way lower on than consensus. There are a lot of, there are a lot of very smart Packers-specific draft people who love Devontae Wyatt. I'm just not one of them. And that was that was true before the Packers drafted him. So that that's just the reality of the situation. I, you know, you can hope I'm wrong. That's fine. Even if you like me, you can hope I'm wrong. Uh I I don't know that I hope I'm wrong, but I hope that I hope that these guys are able to maximize their talents because I want to see guys maximize their talents. I want to see good players, and and I do want to see the Packers maximize this draft. We'll see if they have more up their sleeve coming up tomorrow. As we finish up here, we're going to talk more about the receivers who could be available on day two, where they could go off the board, where the Packers might have to go to get them. But before we do, bet online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find the latest sports league reviews, news, including baseball playoffs. Uh, we've got NBA playoffs. Sorry, basketball playoffs and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, who I hung out with on this very couch, bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, day two. Where can the Packers go? The problem for the Packers getting a receiver and hoping someone falls to them is... There's a lot of teams sitting there in the second round who would also very much like to get receivers. It starts at 33 with Tampa Bay. They might want a receiver. Minnesota at 34, they might want a receiver. Tennessee, who just drafted Traylon Burks, might want another receiver. The Texans might want a receiver. The Bears at 39. The Seahawks at 40. The Seahawks again at 41 could be looking at receivers. The Colts could be looking at receivers. The Hawks could grab another receiver. The Browns at 44 could be looking at receivers. There are a lot of of these teams. Baltimore has no one to throw the ball to at, at 47. The Bears pick again at 48. The Chiefs at 50. The Eagles at 51. The Packers are sitting there at 53 with a bunch of players who could go in front of them and they're usurped again. And a similar, very similar thing happened in 2020. Now, go back to 2020. 
the Packers wanted to trade up in the second round. They did not have the ammunition. And the guys went off the board before they felt like they could get up and get them. Now, this is a situation where the Packers have plenty of ammunition, as Lucas points out in the chat. They could package some of these picks. They could package 58 or 59 and, and 92 and go up and get somebody. They could package 53 and 92 and go up and get somebody. You can get into the high, the high second with a package like that. But who are you going to get? Where is the value? Now, I think George Pickens is still a borderline first-round talent. I'd move all the way up if he's available. As high as I can go, I'd go up and get that guy. Because if you came out of the draft, if you told me before the draft, the Packers came out of the draft with uh, the one of the few guys who could play X, George Pickens, a disruptive interior defensive lineman, and a linebacker in a, in a defense where they want to play a lot more of these linebackers, I guess I would understand it. And I would say, okay, this is fine. It's a fine, it's a totally fine draft. Is that how I would have handled it? No. But I'm not in charge again. And then and then it's like, okay, well then now you've now you've robbed yourself of the opportunity to double down. Now, could you move up, grab pickens, and then sit there at 59 and hope someone like Alec Pierce is there? That'd be that would actually be a pretty good draft. If the Packers move up. This is what I would advocate them do. If they move up, Christian Watson is another guy. One of those two guys, if they come out of day two with one of Pickens and Watson and then one of Tolbert, Mechie, and Pierce, add Romeo Dobbs in on day three, I, I don't want to say all is forgiven because it's still it's still wild process. But I think that I think that you filled the needs. You've you've brought in supreme talents, blue chip talents, at those areas, and and you give yourself an opportunity to develop those guys. I think that makes sense. Would I be much? Would I have a much different tone tomorrow if that happens? Yes. And I will be here tomorrow. Please go watch the NFL stream. Thank you so much to everyone who did. Uh, it has been a dream of mine, basically my whole life, to host a show like this. And so getting to do it has been incredibly awesome. I get to do it because of you guys and the support that you give to Locked on Packers. And, and that show has grown just leaps and bounds over the last few years. I just want to express my gratitude to everyone who comes. I'm almost 600 people in the chat right now. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do to support what we do here on the Locked on Podcast Network locked on NFL tomorrow, starting 630 Eastern. We will be there for every pick day two in the NFL draft. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.